Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who is too far and too high and too deep, but that ain't enough for an old five and dimer like him. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. How So for this episode, we have a special guest whose last record was called After All, and we have on good authority that he's working on another record. And if there's one thing that I learned from his live from Arlen Studios record, he's also the winner of a George Strait lookalike contest. Please <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Rob Baird. This is true. Hello, guys. East Coast, West Coast. What's going on? Here we are. Here we are. So premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all important question. So we're recording this after Christmas. I'm assuming that Wayne, you got some new t-shirts. So what, what t-shirt are you wearing? You would think, right? Uh, I did. My nephew got me a t-shirt, but he got me a t-shirt I already had, which that's going to happen. Uh, but okay. I bought this shirt actually uh, a couple months ago, actually during a podcast. Uh, it's my Justin Towns Earl uh, uh, star shirt. Very good. Very good. Um, you, and I don't have, I don't have a t-shirt from Christmas time because I'm pretty sure there was some collusion that happened in my house. Where the wife the wife told all the kids not to buy dad any t-shirts for Christmas because I have too many. Oh, that's not a thing. <laughs> my girlfriend claims she yeah. just like well, and my nephew uh, actually proved it that I ha- nobody know, every I have too many shirts. Everybody figures I got everything that they they come up with. So what did he try and buy you? He got me the CBGB shirt, which I said that's a great shirt. I already have it, but it's still a nice shirt. That's a great shirt. Good choice. That that is a good choice. Is it an XL? No. 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 It's oh, a, he, okay. he said because I've been losing weight. He thought I <laughs> first he made a joke about medium, which I was like I haven't worn a medium in years, but it's a large. I like yeah. my shirts okay, loose. Well, yeah, I can't. I can't wear that. Or I would have said I'll take that <laughs> off your hands. All right, Rob. Sorry, we're um, we're going off on tangents here. How about you, Rob? What what t shirt are you wearing? Uh, I'm inadvertently. I saw I was reviewing your email uh, right before this. Um, I'm wearing Tom Oatley, Guitar Garage, Austin, Texas. Tom is the guy that works on all my guitars. He's one of those guys that's like grumpy happy. You ever met anybody like that before? Like he's like, uh, yeah, like you go I've there. Met somebody, you know? His name is Wayne Fugate. <laughs> there you go, grumpy happy. Yeah, yeah. He he worked. He's been out with a lot of cool artists like Asleep at the Wheel and Jimmy Vaughn. And now he's got this little guitar garage where he like, I don't normally, I love him dearly, feel great about dropping my guitars off there because he's generally chain smoking um, and complaining about something, <laughs> but he does, I love him and he follows through uh, consistently. So, and he's like, all right, you got to wear this damn t-shirt. And I was like, all right. And then it's made of pretty good quality material. So I rock it once a week and I don't feel like a lot of people have one. So that's kind of fun too. Tom, Tom Oatley. All right, you you yeah. do you hear the the scribbling in the background? <laughs> Wayne is writing this down. I'm not scribbling. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to see if he had a web page, but he doesn't. Oh, so. yeah. I don't know if he does. He mm-hmm. might have a Facebook page. Yeah, I try to rep him every once in a while. 
But he does nice work, man. I need to probably take – I take, normally take all my guitars in at the beginning of the year, but I've been playing so much that now it's just something to have an excuse for. There you go. All right. Well, we haven't mentioned yet your referral from one of our favorite previous guests, Rick Brantley. And a few days ago, I tweeted about your song, Redemption. And I said, mm-hmm. the mark of a good song to me is if I can't exit the car until the song's over – I'm sitting here in the lowest parking lot and I'm listening to the rest of Redemption from Rob Baird. And I said, you do the math. And Rick chimes in and says, don't tell anyone, but all the good lines in that one are mine. I mean, he is pompous. That's what we know. We love him for that. But uh, probably back then, and we've written a lot of songs together. Uh, that was one of my favorites from the early days. Rick and I wrote for the same publishing company from like, I don't know what dates he was there. I was there from oh, oh 05 to 10, I think. Okay. And they wouldn't, the label people, he had somebody that was like his person. I had another people and they never thought that we'd be friends. They're like, Oh, those guys never get along. They're both cocky. They're young age. And then there was Rick one day standing outside the building, smoking a cigarette and I got canceled on. He had got canceled on and uh, man, we hit it off and have probably written 30 plus songs together and and made my last record and we're making this record together and he's he's my boy um we've been on a lot of adventures together but um to him taking credit for things is normally how it goes <laughs> well you've had you've had way more output than he has so the next time he has some some uh some songs on spotify you know that he's yeah. that he's released you know, I'll I'll make sure that I yeah. I say something on Twitter Good about luck. that, and then you you definitely chime in and say, you know, I wrote ninety percent of that song or something. Yeah, I'd be like, I paid for that record. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, it's funny, man. Yeah, Rick, is, I know exactly what he's saying. If he's had more output, he's like, well, I've been making helping Rob make his damn records the whole time. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. So, so, so Wayne, I think I, so I tried a new hashtag and it's one word driveway songs. I, and I think that, I think that maybe that should be, that should be, we've been trying to figure out something to replace our Toto's Africa song. Um, and so maybe, maybe that becomes our, our question of, we ask all the musicians who come on, what's the one song that you can't exit your car until you finish the whole song? That's a driveway song. I get that. 
I specifically remember. I don't re- really. I mean, that that can happen almost every day to me, or I can just be like, I really need to stop listening to this song. But specifically, I remember being in college, and I went tr- uh, in Fort Worth, and I went to apply for an internship at the radio station and they were very like ho-hum about the whole thing. And so then I went to eat my feelings and got a pizza afterwards. And I was listening to this loud love it song in my own mind. And I just couldn't get out of the car. And I just remember the sunset and I was like, this is the song. And that changed me for like, I love that song. I love, I love it. It was a whole thing. Very good. I don't know <laughs> if I know that song. It's pretty cool. Okay. It's got some weird lines in it, man. All right. Well, I, we always tend to have homework after these episodes. So, I hear you. All right. So, um, so Rob, tell me your story. So, you grew up in Memphis. Yes, sir. Um, how long were you there? Uh, my whole childhood till I was eighteen. Okay. Um, you know, I was working on ranches out in Wyoming and Colorado and Mississippi, and so I went to. Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. They had the John Deese uh, Rockefeller School of Ranch Management. Uh, started playing music. Decided I didn't want to go to the artificial insemination class. Um, <laughs> yeah. And somehow made a record with the Hayes Carl's band at the time. You all know who Hayes Carl oh, is? Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Um, made a record pre-college had been doing shows or before I got out of college and then I got signed this uh, record label called Carnival. Ended up being a writer on Music Row for a while. Mm, pros and cons of that were interesting. And then, yeah, man, I just, I think I've been in this I'm almost 34 next week. So Happy I'm making birthday. my fifth record right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, man. So it's been... Things are pretty good now. The first, the formative uh, van touring years for like five years in the van with, um, I don't know, just like a lot of miles and a lot of shitty clothes, for lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> like things have got a lot better. So yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to keep continue to do this, especially through the pandemic. And you're now in Austin. I'm in Austin. I'm lived here most of the time. Uh, I only had to live in Nashville. Only lived there for a year. I still make records in Nashville because I think that the best players and studios are are there for what I'm doing. Yeah, and I love. I got my family down. Like all the good family of musicians down there. Like Rick, most of the time. Um, yeah. So that's that's the short of it. Very good. So um, so do you do you still get um, do you, do you still get people going? Hey, you look like George Strait. Or was that just... No, I don't really even look like George Strait. No, you really don't. I think think George Strait... The story goes... I mean, the DJ I was calling while I was working on this farm in Collierville, Tennessee, and just annoying him by telling him to stop play 5 o'clock somewhere. And uh, then he figured out I was the guy that was calling, and we made a deal that I wouldn't call anymore, that I could win. And there was only three contestants. So, you know, the chances were high. So, so were the other two? Did they even look like George Strait, or were, or did you just kind of win by default there? I mean, as I remember it, one guy had just taken a like a car motor out of his car, and he was covered in motor grease, and he was just trying <laughs> to roll the dice, you know. Uh, so, I mean, I already got that out. That guy eliminated pretty much, and I was like, "Who else is going to do this?" It's in South Haven, Mississippi, like on right. a Saturday. Yeah. It was awesome, man. And you were how old when you did that? 
15? 16. 15, 16. I can't remember if I could drive or not. The radio DJ from the rock station was my Sherpa, Bad Dog. Uh, he was wearing like a duster. It was incredible. He was a <laughs> beard. Yeah, it was uh, it was a whole thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm going to tell everyone they need to go check out the Live at Arlen Studios uh, oh, record yeah. that you, that you made. Uh, you've got. I appreciate it, guys. We put that thing out right when this thing started. Like pandemic started, and I was like, "Well, there goes that." You know, but uh, it was cool. It was fun. I tell a lot of stories on stage, especially doing acoustic shows. And and this is kind of a slice of, uh, you know, one night of me making up a bunch of ridiculous stories, which are pretty much true. So. I I like I like the storytellers though. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, do, man. I thought it you know because I had listened to you know in research listened to your uh, studio albums and the stories just made the songs that I'd even already heard they they made them sound different. Um, totally, it just gave it a whole new yeah. You got a great stage presence. Like like I say, oh, the you. stories in between really made the songs. It sound even better. They there was I, I guess it felt like there was something more to it. Context, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I did that, man. Like right when I got out of Carnival, and I was kind of I like figured out how to be on my own, and you know, I had a band, and they were expensive, and I was just trying to figure out how to make next record. So I went and did a bunch of acoustic shows, and I think I started off kind of like not really knowing what I was doing, and, and not having a lot of confidence for probably three or four years, and then. Finally, just something, you know, I could tell stories off stage. Something flipped over my mind, and I was like, all right, well, why don't you just start talking about the song, especially if you're in New York City and no one knows who you are, and people related to it. And then uh, it's been fun. I I really enjoy that aspect. I'm trying to figure out how to make my music tell the story better than I don't even have to tell the story. I think that's called being a songwriter. Yeah. 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 That's good. Eh, overrated so so you've got one song on spotify that has like eight million listens that's a run of good luck yeah i i assume that got on a few playlists it's kind of been stuck on a playlist knock on wood for like as long as it's been out which has been awesome um that's great i wrote that song with my friend rustin kelly who's a brilliant songwriter um I just listened to his most recent record yeah. today on a walk. In fact, nice shape and destroy. And that was still, I think so. Really good. Yeah. 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 Really good. He's probably between him and Rick are probably the most brilliant songwriters I've ever had a chance to be around and be friends with thus far. Um, Very cool. Yeah, man. I didn't know that you, uh, you, you ran in the same circles. Very cool. Yeah, we don't see each other as much as we used to. But when I lived in Nashville, old Rusty and I were taking thieves, writing a bunch of songs. And yeah, man, it was a snow day on on uh, Music Row, which meant like no one really went in that day. I guess it snowed three or four inches. I mean, I know it's it's Tennessee. That's what happens there. And um, yeah, and he was like, "I'm ready to rock. You ready to rock?" And then we wrote that thing in 45 minutes. So you just never really know when it all comes together. Thinking if you never left, I'd be biggest sin. There was a time when all the lights of these streets couldn't hold your dreams. Come on, baby, let's roll the dice. Get the hell out of Avalanche. And it's raining in 
find out who who is the female backing vocalist for that song jb lynn harris she tours with mary gautier i think dates mary gautier actually um okay yeah she's really talented she's an austinite that was just like a whim we made that whole record in a garage man like on a computer Um, so it's really kind of a testament to the players so for new record Mm -hmm. are you done with it no, I've I've cut um four songs and okay. I've got as of last night like 13 I think in the like two cut or like to choose to cut from and then we yeah. go back in February 1 but I'll probably write another three songs so I mean yeah we'll have 20 songs to choose from so it'll be fun. I'm starting to figure out my favorites and what means what, yeah. you know. So is waiting waiting on time? Is that that single that you put out a few yeah. months ago? Is that going to be on the record? Man, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the direction and the sound, but I think we've kind of stepped it up. I cut that a couple of years ago, and it just seemed like, well, this is sitting here. It's a pandemic. Okay, let's just put it out. But I thought that might maybe it's just a good bridge. Rick and I have been fighting about that, but I think he's right. I think we have stronger songs because that was written two years ago i think that was kind of my step into like being like okay what do you want to do and that was my last record was pretty like raw and sad (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. it it was yeah it 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 felt like it was um done with rick brantley Mm -hmm. now like now we're (laughs) like let's make money (laughs) there we go yeah we'll see when like play it in some different influences we like. So yeah, we'll see. So so what are you doing right now trying to um kind of keep the keep keep yourself out there, considering that um you know you, nobody is touring, people are doing some live streams, but Oh man, I'm in Texas, man. I'm playing at people's ranches and all kinds of places like uh Okay. It hasn't. I did 17 shows in December, which I don't know the last time I've done 17 shows in December. Oh wow! We've done some public shows down here that are socially distant, and uh, I am doing some Zoom stuff. I mean, yeah, it really. I mean, I have to really stress that I know it's been hard for a lot of people this pandemic thing. And I mean, I did get through. I had COVID, which was kind of inevitable, probably from doing these shows, to be honest. But everybody's all right and i got tested and all that stuff but yeah it's been kind of a crazy year where i kind of have a mentor uncle flannery i call him he, he called me one day and he's just sharp guy and he's just like dude you get to work like there's two ways to look at this like get ahead of this and like work your ass off and make something happen and come out of this better or you know or not and so i think i've definitely become a better songwriter because i just used to not have the time to sit down if you're traveling that much, you get tired in between all that. You gotta rest up and go back out again. So, I don't know. It's been, it's been. I found some good in all this. 
I'm wondering how many great records are going to come out in 2021. I hope so, man. I mean, I hope people are doing stuff and I hope we get out of this, get back on the road because the road, I mean, it is very rewarding. The show, the few public shows I have played, uh, is a different sense of appreciation after doing them. Being like, ah, I do miss this. Are there going to be enough venues for everybody to play at though? I don't know, man. I mean, Austin's pretty lucky right now that, Joe Rogan just moved down here and he's supporting the scene and some of the venues through doing comedy and building a scene up through that. So that's exciting. I mean, you know, I kind of toured Texas and then major cities in the South and Northeast and a little bit of Colorado and a little bit of West coast. So I'm hoping that the institutions, the communities recognize the institutions that, that, that we need. And, uh, I know the CARES Act takes some money back to music venues as they should, but I mean, it's brutal. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine being a venue owner or a restaurant owner right now and not, I don't know, not having a lot of pay. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. And, and it's going to be tough for another several months. I, I agree as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're you're lucky considering you're in Texas, where um, I, I I would say they're they're le- they're similar to Florida, where everybody is kind of following it, but yeah. kind of not really. I mean, I think so, man. I mean, it's interesting. There's a lot of politics, and honestly, yeah, I'm good at staying out of politics. I think I have friends on both sides, but like. Uh, yeah, it's a little more open down here when it comes to just um, businesses being able to operate. And 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 I have been very impressed by some of the clubs that I've played in and how well they're socially distancing and, and keeping everybody seated. I mean, it could be a little hairy, but I guess we don't really know what the facts of the facts are. Yeah, yeah. All right, Wayne, do you got any other questions for 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 Rob before we jump into this? Uh, no, I I I'm ready to go. All right. So so Rob, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Uh, Waylon Jennings, Honky Tonk Heroes. Um, right. one of my favorite records of all time. I've toured with Billy Joe Shaver, the proprietary songwriter here. And, uh, for, I did about 10 dates with him. Um, and I just love his songwriting and Billy Joe is probably one of the most brilliant songwriters in my opinion of all time. He wasn't always that great at, he didn't have Waylon's voice. And so that's why I really love this record. Yeah, for sure. I did listen to, to, to some of his stuff. Um, because his his debut record, so Billy Joe Shaver's debut record, actually has four of the songs on this record that we're going to talk about on it, um, and I'll, I'll I'll bring that up as we go through each of the songs. You guys realize? So if I counted right, this was Waylon's nineteenth studio album. Wow! Jeez. Like he was putting out like two albums of a year. Which well, he also nuts. was on like uppers and quaaludes and stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, anything's possible. I don't know if you, I, I read hit Wayland's kid, uh, 
who unfortunately just passed. I think his name was Terry. He was Waylon's son. He was also tour manager. And uh, those stories were just, those guys were going hard, man. Could could you imagine putting out two records a year? No, I can't even get one done in a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with COVID. With COVID yeah, keeping totally. everybody in quarantine. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just the coordination of a record, man. I mean, we're coordinating 10 people's schedules. That's the problem that I run into. So, but hell, you have these, all these guys on Quaaludes all hooked up and you got the Quaalude connect. You probably get them to cut as many records as you want. They're like, look, we'll give you some ludes. Come down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Honky Tonk Heroes was released in 73 on RCA. Um, the Wikipedia page said both May of 1973 and then also in the article it said that it was released in July of 73. So I don't know which month is accurate and it probably doesn't matter because like he probably put out four other records in 73. Um, you mentioned Billy Joe wrote most of it. Do you guys know the story behind behind this? I don't want to blow it out of proportion. Yeah. I don't want to blow it up. Do you know the story, Wayne? I I did read the story. Okay. Well, here's the. I did tell y'all I pulled the the record. I got an original copy, and like here, we this, some of the highlights on this bio on the back are like Waylon Jennings and Billy Joe Shaver are the first of the last real cowboys. It ain't easy being a cowboy in this day and time, but Waylon, Billy Joe, and Tom Paul get it done. So. I love how they turn this like these dudes are cowboys, which I saw a quote from, I think Bob Weir was talking about being a musician is the last way to be a cowboy. I thought that was pretty cool. It was like, especially for a dude that wanted to be in ranch management, but, um, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. We're talking about the same story. So Billy Joe meets Waylon in music city, AKA Nashville. And Waylon tells Billy Joe he likes his songs. And yep. then he doesn't see, or then Waylon starts to blow off Billy Joe, and Billy Joe doesn't like it. So he keeps being like, Waylon, you better cut my songs. And then uh, he, he eventually drives a Harley through Waylon's doorstep. And, and Waylon's like, okay, you have my attention or whatever. And he's like, come in, play me a song if I don't like it. And you have to leave. And he basically played him most of the songs on this record. And Waylon was like, okay, cool. Let's go make a record. I'll cut all your songs. Thank you. I needed yeah. to cut another record. Yeah, that's that's essentially what I got out of this. It was because Jennings heard Billy Joe seeing Willie the Wandering Gypsy and me. Right. And, and that's where he was like, hey, you know, maybe we should make a record. All right, so I got I got a quote directly from Billy Joe in the 2003 documentary Beyond Nashville. So here here's what he said. Uh, he turned up at um, RCA Studios. Be- Jennings was doing a record with Chet Atkins at the time, and he said, "Finally, I caught him in Studio A of RCA. He came out of the control booth." And he had a couple of bikers. So you 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 mentioned the the mm-hmm. cowboy thing. Mm-hmm. Were cowboys and bikers synonymous back in the seventies? I guess so. I think I mean there was Easy Rider and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I, guess I think so. it's all that lawlessness. 
<laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All right. So, so he, uh, Billy Joe says bi- uh, bikers hung out with him a lot, some pretty tough looking customers, and I'd had enough. I said, Hey, Waylon. And he turned. I said, I got these songs that you claimed you was going to listen to. And if you don't listen to them, I'm going to whip your ass right here in front of everybody. And boy, whoo, man, everything got quiet on them. Old boys started forming, and Waylon stopped him. He said, Hoss, you don't know how close you, you come to getting killed. Uh, I said, well, I've had enough. You told me you was going to do this. Now I'm full of songs and I want you to listen to them. So, uh, he finally did listen to them. They, they cut this record and, um, initially from what I read, the RCA execs didn't want to put this record out. Of course. (laughs) Because, because it was, Look, th- th- this is one of those records that they they claim is kind of the ushering in of the outlaw, outlaw. country movement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a vibe, man. I could see a record exec being like, "You're cutting with Chet Atkins, and all of a sudden you got this Billy Joe Shaver guy. I don't even know what to do with this honky tonk heroes mess." And you're like, <laughs> "Cool, dude. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Why don't you just listen to it?" Yeah. Well. Hey man, sometimes the things that don't try to be anything but authentic normally work. Hopefully, yep. Well, it worked. So, as far as chart position back in '73, so hit number fourteen on the Billboard Top Country Albums. He did have two songs. We'll talk about those as we as we get to them. But uh, there were two songs that hit the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart. Um, well, I'll just I'll just say it. You asked me to hit yep. number eight, and then we had it all hit number twenty-eight. Um, and of course, we had it all has been covered by everybody and their dog, which we'll talk about as we get there. Yeah, I just started um, catching on to that. I'm excited to talk about that. Anything else? Anything in your research, Wayne, that I missed? Um, no, you covered. I mean, I just this is one of the pillars of outlaw country. I mean, in fact, I think we've done probably two of the other records, uh, Chris Christopherson's debut and Shotgun Willie, that I really think are what holds this whole genre up. This Chris is, this is right was, there. was Rick, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the record we talked about with Rick. I guess we still want to be cowboys too. Everybody wants to be a cowboy. Everybody wants to be a cowboy. Um, all right. As a reminder, our scoring is going to be based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Uh, the perfect number for a record. 10. Did, mm-hmm. did you hear that? Did you hear that, Rob? He gets, Wayne gets super excited when our guests pick a record that's like 10 songs. I think you're right, Wayne. It is the perfect number. I've, I, I've battled with this a lot. Uh, I almost sometimes think nine might be the perfect number number for a record but it that's uh that's a little debatable like damn the torpedoes i believe has nine songs yeah that's yeah and that's hard to argue with that and that's a perfect record yeah so, i don't know all right well this means top song is going to get 10 points next favorite song nine points on down to lowest score of one so we're going to kick this off with title song this is honky tonk heroes heroes like me hey hey Where does it go? The good Lord only knows. 
one other thing that I that I didn't bring up in the bio info. So one thing that I found was, I guess, um, Shaver complained about some of the changes that Waylon made on some of the songs. And mm-hmm. Waylon then said, so here's the, here's the quote that I got from Waylon. He says, let me tell you something. You're going to get your ass out, out of here and stop bugging me. I love your songs, but I'm starting <laughs> not to like you worth a damn. Stand outside the studio, go for a walk, watch some television. I don't care what you do. When I get through, you can come back in. If you don't like it, I'll change it and do another way. But now get the hell out of, on the other side of that door. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's right. what... Yeah, that's that's what what Shaver uh, had to say that uh, Waylon said to him. So. Man, when I was out with Billy Joe, I'd walk into the green room every day at four o'clock. That's when I was supposed to be there, whatever studio we're in. And he'd look at me like he couldn't remember who I was, which might have been true. <laughs> and he would have to go over somebody. He's like, "Who was that boy over there?" And they're like, "That's the dude from last night." And you were grabbing his face, telling him to lay every woman in town. <laughs> <laughs> we would repeat the cycle every day, man. It was funny. I mean, he is, he'd be like, but he'd be the sweetest person ever after that. He'd be like, all right, boy, well, we got ourselves a deadly tray right here. <laughs> I'd be like, hell yeah, man. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, he would like do the same routine where he would kind of like yell over and grab my face. And mind you, he only has three fingers in one hand. So it's like nubs are digging in my face and like tell me to find the ladies and then complain about how, They've got to drive to the next sh- place tonight because the ho- people of the club put him up at like some La Quinta and he just wasn't going to stay there. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever you want to do. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. I didn't know about the three finger thing. How, how, what, what's the story behind that? Bandsaw, I think, when he was like 21, working like a real job. Yeah, didn't he? He actually, like, in his 70s, shot a man in a bar. Where we like, need to mention that. Right to the end. This guy, there's this bar called, what's it called? It's on I-35. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's something like Uncle Billy's Bar or something. And uh, Papa Joe's, I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, this guy was messing with his his lady who had been married to twice, which I love that factor. Um, and the guy was <laughs> messing with him. And he went out to his car after stirring his drink with a switchblade, got a twenty-two. And pop the guy in the face and goes, where do you want it beforehand? Where do you want it? Shoots in the face, doesn't kill the guy. <laughs> goes back to Waco. He lives in Waco. Goes back to his place, calls Willie. They call Willie's attorney. And they somehow got him off. And then when I would play with him, he'd be like, I just shot that son of a bitch right in the face. <laughs> I was like, how could you get away with this, man? It was awesome. But Billy Joe, he was cool, man. I mean, when he died this year, that was. We lost Jerry Jeff. I'm good friends with Jerry Jeff's son. That sucked. And then, but, you know, and John Prime, Jesus. I mean, there's so many people, but like Billy Joe was the one that always made an impression on me. So I got excited about this record. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's actually talk about the song instead of all the other yeah. <laughs> stuff. So, Wayne, what, what do you got on this Honky Tonk Heroes? Well, this, this song does so much with, um, it's just one verse and a chorus that they do three times in a row. And normally you wouldn't be able to get away with that. But there's this, he starts it with this lazy country crooner kind of thing. And then on the second verse, they, you can hear it. They 
you know, there, he even says, he even mumbles something, but there's a super, there's this dynamic shift and they turn it into outlaw country mm-hmm. and it changed, everything has changed. It's faster. And then to get the third chorus again, without anybody even caring, there's this great instrumental break with the harmonica and the electric guitar, almost like dueling a little bit there. And then he comes in and sings it all again. And he, you, he, you got one chorus, you got a chorus and a verse out of this whole song. And yet you're, I'm smiling every time. I absolutely love this song. It is genius. I've never noticed. It makes so much sense. I'm looking at the lyrics on, on paper now and you're, yeah. And have you, you all noticed how heavy and like staccato the bass is on all of this? It's yeah. like its own thing. It's very interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring that up on a, on a, another song coming up because i think the bass really really drives it home oh yeah Um, yeah um this last the last verse on this on this song so much excellent imagery the guitar work towards the end so my criticisms of this record come with they cut a lot of the 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 parts of solos off in the fade outs yeah like i there's a lot of fade outs that I'm just like, dude, you don't need to make this just unexpected a- fade outs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of the B sides are under two minutes and 45 seconds and there ain't, yeah. ain't no God in Mexico. It's two minutes. And yeah, basically once you start after the fourth song, you're in two average two thirty, which is pretty crazy. It's, I mean, is there, are there tapes somewhere of the extended versions of this? Like, <laughs> like there should be a deluxe version of this somewhere, right? Right. I mean, that was the record man. Be like, you got to put this record out. Okay. You got to cut those solos out. Nobody cares about the solos. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, You're killing me. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Let's get scores. Wayne, what do you got? Eight. Rob, your score. Uh, I believe I'm a seven. All right. And this is my nine, which leads us to next song, Old Five and Dimers Like Me. Too high and too deep ain't too much to be. Too much ain't enough for old five and dimers like me. And, um, what the hell is a five and dimer? I don't know. <laughs> I should have looked that gra- up. It sounds like a grandpa term, but uh, it really does. It, but the lyrically, this song is great. What this is one of my lower scores, but it's because coming off of this really rowdy outlaw country song, they slip in. He he feels like he goes back and he plays yeah. a much more con- traditional country western song with which I wouldn't say it's boring, but it's very. It's very textbook, but the Controlled. lyrics, when you look at the lyrics of this song, um, these are, this is solid stuff. Lyrically, this is a strong song. I just, musically, I thought he went backwards. You may say it's not boring, but um, if I look at my notes, I only have one word that for this song and it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, this is my least favorite song on the record. Oh man. I, feel you, man. I, I do like the lyrics of it. I, I like the lyrics of it. I'm with you, Wayne. I like the lyrics of it, but the musicality of it, it's, it's pretty textbook old, like late sixties, early seventies country. I think it's, 
It's like that, but it's set against like this ridiculous like good lucks and fast bucks are too far and too uh, too between and like I don't know what yeah. catalog catalog buyers and old five like well catalog like we buying catalogs like like a Sears Roebuck. I don't really know what he's talking about. So I put it as a five because I felt like there was a dichotomy between it being boring, which I agree with, and that the lyric is so. Uh, it's almost like just a poem. It's just a thought, but it, it, it is strange placement on the record. Yeah, this is this is one that you bury on side two. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I I I thought that the sequencing for this was a little interesting. Wayne, um, what was your score? Uh two. Okay, so we got a one and a two and a five. All right. Next song is Willie the Wandering Gypsy and Me. My woman was tired with an overdue baby. Willie keeps yelling, hey, gypsy, let's go. Willie, wild as a Texas blue north, ready roll from the same makings as me. Well, I reckon we're gonna ramble till hell freezes over. Willie. Every time I see a Willie, I just naturally assume it's yeah, and you know, and and not only is is it you know Willie's in the title, it's spelled differently, and I mean it's from somebody else, but you hear Willie, and it's being said by Waylon, and you can't. There's no way you can't picture Willie Nelson dragging him away from his pregnant wife to go play honky tonks through the Southwest. There's just no way. That to me, this is the one song I wish I had a couple couple other eights or nines to to give it because I re, I I really like this song and like I say coming from that perspective of Waylon Jennings even though this was written by Billy Joe Shaver and I'm sure it's about a different Willie you there's just no way you can keep that thought out of your head and this is the song that led Waylon to invite Billy Joe to um, give him more songs he heard this song this was the song that he that uh, prompted um, him to have Billy Joe come, come help him with Um, Rob, what do you got on this song? Man, I love this song. I, I, maybe I find this to be, I love the song. This is when I was struggling extra eights and nines, but I don't really know why I rated it as a four. I like it. I just feel like I'm emotionally attached to other songs and I wish it was longer to be honest, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, it just doesn't, I don't know what the full story is, but I like what the story is being told. So I kind of want to know, like, I feel like I just saw the episode and I want, want it to be a movie. It sounds like Rob and Rick need to do a reboot on this one. And tell <laughs> the full story. Do a just reboot. and wheel it. Oh man. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? That's fun. Um. All right. Production critique. The fade out again is is interesting and not great. Yeah. This, I mean, there's a couple times. This one I didn't yeah. feel as much as another one, but I, I do get what Rob's saying. Is like he's given us so much of this this really cool story. Um, and then it there's a couple of songs on here where there's just a, a the fade out comes and I'm I'm still expecting more. 
I'm wanting more. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I also love these, the idea of these songs. I think I've written a lot that are like just a snapshot in time. And I, I don't know if I could have pulled off the desperados waiting for a train idea. Like sometimes I, I do enjoy a snapshot, but it was a little short and the fade sucks. It's just not a good fade. No, not a good fade. Um, now that you brought up that he only had three fingers, does it change the meaning for the first line? First line is three fingers, whiskey pleasures, the drinkers. <laughs> that's funny, but three fingers of whiskey. That's a lot of fucking whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it is, yeah. but I'm a, the, the, yeah. we're going to go with double, double meaning here. So maybe he yeah. measured with his lack of fingers, how much whiskey he wanted. Yeah. So it could be a double. One hand of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, scores. This is my six, Wayne. Also my six, and then Rob. Um, I'm sitting at a four. All right. Um, just just so you guys know, as we go through the scores, we've only we're only going to agree twice throughout the entire yeah yeah scores. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're all over the place on this one. Um, all right, I'm all right. not self conscious yeah. anymore. No, no, don't, don't be. Um, <laughs> all right, next song, Low Down Freedom. Low Down Freedom, you done cost me everything I'll ever lose, love. You're as empty as my pockets from the top of where you start down to the bottom of my shoes. Open. And this is this is another song that's on the Billy Joe Shaver debut record. Um, second shortest song on the record. So here are my notes. You you think from the first verse that it's about a one night stand, but then as the song unfolds, it's just the life that the narrator has chosen. So Rob, as a musician, do you feel like it's a it's a calling that that being a musician, it's it's chosen you or or the other way around. Oh man, I would be like an investment banker if I wasn't doing that or something. <laughs> I would just like, how much money did I make today? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that might sound kind of douchey, but that's true. I think I love my life, and I'm very glad I'm a musician. But I mean, this song definitely resonates. I kind of feel like most people. Um, if they're lucky enough, they are doing what they're meant to do. So I do really do identify with this one. Yeah. Wayne, what do you got? Yeah, this lyrically, it's great. I mean, I just, I, I like that sense of I'm going to, you know, the, my favorite line was, uh, cause I'd rather leave here knowing that I'd made the fool. I'd made the fool of love before it made a fool of me. That whole, just going to the next town, um, you know, nobody's, I'm not going to let anybody in. Uh, yeah. It, it lyrically, he had a lot of great lines. Um, and musically, I thought it was interesting because there's a steel guitar, which usually they'll push up in front. And this one was kept towards the back and the mm-hmm. bass is kept up in the front, which it, gave, it was interesting. I mean, I, I, every time I, I noticed it. I wish that bass was further back and a little less punchy, but Ralph Mooney, Wayland steel guitar player is just like the best man. And 
I agree. The production's a little funky. Yeah, and it and the worst fade out on the record, I think, is on this one. Good God. <laughs> um, I know, I know. Sorry. Yeah, um, no, the 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 chorus is just great lyrically. Low down freedom, you done cost me everything I'll ever lose, Lord. If I'll ever have to lose, you're as empty as my pockets from the top of where you start down to the bottom of my shoes. What a great, what a great chorus. And it's just yeah, good man. stuff. Good stuff. All right, um, scores, Rob. What do you got? I'm an eight. All right, Wayne. Five. This is my eight. All right. How? Next song, Omaha. Rob, get us started on Omaha because you like the song way more than Wayne and I do. I feel you. Uh, there's a reason. Um, I when I lived in Fort Worth, there was always this girl I had a crush on. She was from Omaha. She definitely was killing the game more than I was, and so I used to try to sing this to her and talking to her to like me, like in the stockyard to Fort Worth, walking around. And I also just like am so fascinated by this song because. I don't know what happened to this guy and why he's like, uh, why he's running from the law. Like what happened or how he got schooled by the law and like all these places he's going. I don't know. I've just, this is one of those ones that's for me. Um, it's just the most random song ever. It's like, Oh, let's write this song about Omaha. <laughs> and you guys know where Omaha is located, right? <laughs> Nebraska. No, it's somewhere in middle America. Oh, uh, and I, that's that's my first line in my notes is uh, this is my second at best my second favorite song about Omaha. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about we're talking counting counting crows, crows. Yeah. dude. I love yeah. the counting crows. I just went totally. I was reading the lyrics, being like, yeah, it's in Nebraska, and you're like somewhere in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> great song, dude. Counting crows are amazing. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> I referenced it too. Yeah, Wayne, what do you got? Um. You know, to me, uh, the, one of the things that that hurt this song for me is Waylon Jennings has this this amazing, like, just rich voice. It's just it's deep and dark, and there's like there's a little bit of sadness at the bottom of it, no matter what he sings about. But it's it's rich and full of texture, and I don't like to hear. I mean, there's very little harmony not harmonizing on this, and I think that's and I absolutely I don't want to hear anybody else's voice when I hear his. It's it's just that. I just, that's all I want to hear. Okay. Fair enough. Um, we ready for scores? I didn't think I would like, no, no I've played this song for so many people and they just stare at me. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do you got, Rob? I'm a full nine. I don't know. I'm right. standing on my own island. There you go. Wayne. Three. And this is my four. And now we're going to flip the record over, and this is You Ask Me To. Just because you ask me to Let the world call me up 
That's all that matters and I'll do Anything you ask me to I had already mentioned this was a top 10 country song for Waylon. Um, my question for you guys is which came first whiskey river by Willie or this one? Cause I feel like there's a similar style for the beginning on how he says long ago and far away. I don't know. It, 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 it feels like whiskey river to me, which is, I, I get nothing but love for whiskey river. Maybe the studio version, not the live version. I, you know, t- it does have a, it has a very traditional, like more conventional country western uh, rhythm. That kind of that down, down, up. Uh, but I, I, I do like it. Uh, it it breaks out. There's there's something that it, the chorus, I guess, is the part where he really kicks it up a notch. Um, and and there's that little spoken part where he says, uh, "Lord, I hope you'll you never do." Uh, but I'm a sucker for that. I'll do anything for you, baby. Kind of stuff. That's how I feel about it, man. This, I've, I've played this a couple of tributes with Billy Joe, and I just, it's the one I gravitated towards the most off the record, to be honest. It's just, there's some type of simplicity about it that gets me excited. Yeah, I think lyrically, this is my, this is probably one of my least favorite songs lyrically on the record, but um, I kind of agree with you. There's a, there, there is a vibe to it. Maybe my score doesn't tell tell that story, but um, so this is my three. Wayne, your score? Uh, four. And then Rob? A full ten. Man. Yeah. We're yeah, such a getting smaller. We're, we're such a disappointment to Rob. <laughs> right. No, I get it. I don't care. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next song is Ride Me Down Easy. Left a long string of My notes here are harmonica. Yeah. Um, so l- let me just get this out of the way. So I try and get our guests the lyrics for the record that they pick in advance so that everybody has copies of lyrics to look at. And I get the lyrics from the interwebs. Did you guys notice the very noticeable typo on the lyrics for this one? Yeah, some sheeps in the wind. <laughs> so le- left a lot of good friends, sh- some sheeps in the wind, um, and some satisfied women behind. So that really changed the context of those lyrics. Um, so, so my apologies for, for that, guys. Oh, boy. Right. No, and that's, to me, this, this got my lowest score because there's been some we've, – and we've mentioned the lyrics on almost every song – and this one is just riddled with country cliches. I'm this only thing missing is a reference to his mama, his dog, and his pickup truck. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's pretty prototypical country song, right? Yeah, well, especially following what we've we've heard to this point. I just, I, I guess, I was a little shocked. 
All right. So, Rob, what do you got on this one? Man, I I mean, it's just not it, – it, to me, it's just middle of the road. And I'm glad – there's a vibe, um, as every song on this record. But it just doesn't really – it's it's placed in the record where it should be placed. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. Yep. I I totally get that cuz we're going to finish strong. At least yeah. in my opinion. Actually, I'm looking at Rob's yeah. scores and he's probably going to disagree with us on Yeah, that. I'm probably going to tank now. Oh god. <laughs> All right, this is my two, Wayne. Uh, one. And then okay. Rob. I'm a six. I just couldn't decide. Okay. All good. All right, ain't no God in Mexico is next. I'm just looking for my hand. Ain't no God in Mexico. Ain't no way to understand. How that border crossing feeling makes a fool out of a man. If I'd never felt the sunshine, hell, I would not cuss the rain. If my feet could fit a railroad track, I guess I'd have been... Well, first of all, this is not JT or Jimmy Buffett's Mexico, clearly. This is a whole different Mexico. And uh, and I love this song, but it, this is the one to me that had a, an unfinished feel. It fades out when I'm, I am I know there's more to the story, but there's, there is a, a cool story in here. And uh, there's a couple of lines that I really thought were important that might get missed. The one is the uh, more than times were hard. Um, right after talking about uh, Louise Higgins Botham. Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> did, did, did you ever figure that out? Because I did a Google search no, well, and come up with anything. No, no. I think it's just a, I think it's just a Texas sounding girl's name yeah, uh, sure. from 1947. But um, that, and then the line about being railroaded and the whole going down to Mexico thing, like he, you know, I don't, and like I say, I'm the father of three daughters, and I, I, so I, I'm not. I don't know if there was an, a sexual assault, if it was consensual, what there was, but there was some some trouble uh this the character loses his cool i'm assuming from the accusation and blows town to mexico uh, and like i say there's but it felt like there was more to this there felt like there was some more like now he's in mexico what else what kind of adventures is he gonna have and it just fades out suddenly and unexpectedly again rick and rob need to reboot this one and <laughs> no i'm just kidding Oh man, you can just—I can just hear Rick. It's like idea of the day at ten a.m. when I call him every day. He'll be like, "So you're gonna—we're gonna reboot this now, really? That's what we're gonna do." It's like, "Hey, it's their idea, man. Let's just try it." Uh, yeah, it the there is a that is a really good line that you mentioned, Wayne. If I hadn't been railroaded, well, I guess I'd been a, been a train. That's a great line to finish the song with. That's strong. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's it, there's like I say the ain't no god in Mexico. The whole thing is there's this is there's lots of good lines in this song. Um, and, you know, he just the story. I just, and as much as I loved it, the story just has there's got to be more. Just it did have an unfinished feeling to it. Yeah, Rob, what 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 else you got on this one? I agree. I like the sentiment of the song, and I like kind of how it moves. And it's uh, ain't no god in Mexico. Ain't no confidence in the king. That's cool, but the way he delivers, like, me and Louis Higginbotham used to chase across the yard. It's just like, I liked how it changes, but it's just a thought. It's not a full song, really, which is cool. Isn't this a, 
How short is short this song? song. Yeah, yeah, it's a short song in the record. Two minutes. Yeah, yep. it's not a song. If we were writing two-minute songs, man, things would be much easier. Yeah, for sure. I'm wondering if, if with all the production stuff, if maybe there's another minute of, of this song that they cut out. I don't know. Could be a whole other right. story they just couldn't tell. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the the execs heard this and they're like, "Look, we we can't put that." Out. There's a <laughs> yeah, reason. Maybe they why. figured out what railroad it actually meant. Yeah, but yeah, we know the reason why he's in Mexico, and we can't talk about that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this is my seven, Wayne. Also my seven. All right, Rob. I'm at two. Yeah, it's not my favorite. All right. Wayne, just so you know, Rob tanked this out of our top five. Uh, I still I still like him. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> next song is Black Rose. But the devil made me do it the first time. The second time I've done it on my own. Lord put a handle on the simple headed man and help me leave that black rose alone. So Rob, we're. Uh, I feel like this is y'all's favorite. Uh, this is <laughs> this is this is my favorite. This is the best song on the record. I agree with that. The problem is, is that I've heard about thirty bands just debaucherize this song, and I can't listen to it without <laughs> thinking about that. Like literally, it's just like, what happened? In my head, I hear all the bad ones wrapped up in one, and so yeah, it's the best song though. I know it is. It's genius. Are there yeah. other songs? Are there other songs like that that you've heard? Yeah, Last Dance of Mary Jane. Oh God, brilliant song! Really? I used to, I used to tear that up. I think it's a great song. I thought just like the the time, Patty. Like if you just take that song and listen to it, I just think, but it's ruined forever. Uh, to me, you don't think it's a good song? Um, no, I love I love Tom Petty. Yeah. Yeah. We we've done multiple episodes about Tom Petty, and we've I mean, got another one coming up too. So he's my favorite man. But yeah, Last Dance of Mary Jane, I thought it was a cool song. Like I think the first time you ever heard it, you would be like, "Damn, this is incredible." But just like bar bands going yeah. to, it, yeah, it's just. A- Do we hate Wagon Wheel because of bar bands, or was it never <laughs> a good song? Man, a fan bet me. I was in San Antonio the other day. And I don't even know if they were a fan. Let's just say somebody that came to my concert that, that was uh, heckling me to play Wagon Wheel. And I, I, I was like, dude, I haven't done that since college, which was like our big rocker at the Aardvark Bar on Berry Street in Fort Worth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did it making a deal with him and making a crowd sing the whole thing that I would never have to do it again. I mean, but it's a great song, right? It is. I think it is. And it's super easy to play. Like I can even play that. It just works. And and that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> Cause I don't consider myself a musician. Um, the baseline is really good in this. I have no idea who's credited for the bass on this one. Cause there are multiple bass guitar credits for this record. Yeah, so it three people, been, right? Yeah, so it could have been Joe Allen, could have been B. Spears, could have been Henry Trislecki. Did I say yeah. that right? B. Spears is Willie's guy. Yeah, part he's part of the Whalers. Yeah. Um, 
so I don't know who I don't know who actually is doing the bass on this one, but it's it's fantastic. It's my favorite bass line on the on the the record. I love how you emailed me and you were like, "Are you sure you're familiar with our rating system?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm cool. I got it." Look, I have to ask at this point because there have been a few suspect where I'm like, "Are you sure that's your top song?" And then they yeah. go. Oh well, top song is a one. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, that's okay. funny. This is All by right. far the best song on the record. I agree. Just ruined my ears, unfortunately. All it's right. all about well, me, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Luck- anyway. Luckily, I haven't spent that much time in, in with bar bands, so mm-hmm. this is my ten. Consider Wayne, yourself lucky. Yeah, Wayne, your your score. And I agree with them. This is the best. The my favorite song has a personal – it just has a personal angle to it. Okay. But I agree. This this song, the use of symbolism, Black Roses symbolize tragic romance, which I think is perfect. Mm-hmm. I think the line uh, – what is it? Uh, uh, a rose of a different name sounds extremely similar to a rose by any other name by Shakespeare. So he's – he's he, he. this is just a classic – like the, the, all the symbolism and the wordplay in this is great. I I love the way and the way Wayland sings it, where the way he says uh, the the devil maybe do it the first time, kind of really it just really soars up there. And then there's almost like a you can almost see a a devilish grin on his face when he says, "But uh, the second time I did it on my own." Yeah. Uh, and then and even the way when he, you know when the, he catches the guy with her in you know the second verse, he's not, there's like this, he's not upset. Like he, he's clearly understands what that guy, his motivation was and how that could happen to him. So yeah, this is, this is a great song. There's uh, and if it wasn't for some personal connections to the last song, this, this, cause this got my nine. All right. And then Rob, let me ask you this. I'm a one here as we know. I'm, yeah. But what if you put this song sequencing at, uh, Right after the first song, so making the second song from going from Honky Donk Heroes to Black Rose, it that would kind of solve the weird. Like, why would you put Old Five and Dimers right there? Problem. Um, that's that's a perfect sequence for me. Yeah, and then and then you keep Willie as the third song. I think so. I would almost punt Old Five and Dimers to be honest, because I don't know if it served in, in song nine, and then we had it all, which is brilliant. I like that song. But maybe, I don't know, I can't, definitely putting Black Rose at two would seem to solve a problem. Yeah. Wayne, my, um, my adult ADD kicked in while I was listening to this. <laughs> so while, so th- what do you think the next song I listened to after Black Rose? I listened to uh, Dead, Dead Flowers by the Rolling Stones. Yeah, dude. It just, it just seemed <laughs> right. It just seemed right. It's a great right. song, man. All right. Um, That's an easy one to play, too. Yeah. All right. Next song. Well, actually, last song. We had it all. Remember how I used to touch your hair While reaching for a feeling That was always there You were the best thing in my life that I I know that we can never 
Wayne's going to give me crap when I when I talk about my adult ADD for this one too. <laughs> I can't read the phrase we had it all without thinking about Bogey and Bacall. Birdie Higgins, Key Largo. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. That's not just you. You okay. can't you can't help. I couldn't help that either. Right. But what this, when I was looking at all the covers of this, I saw the Rolling Stones and I thought that's weird. There's no way. I just can't see the I can't imagine the Rolling Stones doing this. And so I found it and as soon as it started and I heard Keith Richards, I said that's the only way you could do this. Yeah. Mick Jagger can't do this song. Uh and I don't I really don't think anybody does the song as well as Waylon Jennings, but the only guy in the Rolling Stones who even had a chance was, was Keith Richards. You didn't like Dolly's version? Oh, I didn't listen to Dolly's version, but I, I thought that was called I will always love you. Uh, no. Um, all right. So other people who have done this include Rita Coolidge. Willie's done this as well. Bob Dylan, Rod Stewart, Tina Turner, Conway Twitty. Ray Charles has even done this. Who wrote this song? Uh, so it uh, was Troy Seals and Donnie Fritz. Cool. And Donnie Funky Fritz Donnie was like man. the keyboard player for Chris Christopherson or yeah. Funky Donnie Fritz, man. Yeah. Interesting. Dan Seals a great songwriter too. Huh. I don't know that much about this song to be honest, but it 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 kind of has its own thing out of this record to me like it when, always when I got to the end of this record not listening in this context I'd be like Man, that just kind of seems like a 45 that they could have put out. I guess it was a huge hit for them. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a top 30 country song for yeah. them. And I heard that they they that they that wanted them to tack another song on, and this is the one they came up with. And that makes sense. It feels like that. And, and my notes on here is um, Chet Atkins makes sense because this feels like an Elvis song to me. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like an Elvis song to you guys? It totally does. I could definitely hear him doing it, yeah. Yeah. I like the song. I don't think it gave it a very good rating, but I do like the song. But yeah, I think it's the thing that it's like, it doesn't feel like Billy Joe. So it was always just kind of the standout on its own kind of thing. Okay. And that's why you you tank this one as well? That's why I tank that one, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so. So now you understand why I sent you the email because you keep saying, well, this is a really good song, but I'm going to give it a four. This yeah. is a really good song, but I'm going to give it a, my least right, favorite right. song. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, just, it's just how I feel when I listen to it. I think the less questions I ask, the better a song is to me. Yeah. For All some right. reason. All right. Rob, your score on this one? I'm a three. Wayne? This was my favorite song, uh, and I knew it was my favorite song because every time I heard it, it made me cry. And I, even when I knew that, I, even when I tried not to, like by the end of the song, it would wear me down because he really, the emotion that he puts into it, you really get, and especially if you've been through that, you know, that kind of a of, of a relationship where it's ended and and and, there were, and you got through to the other side. Like I'm farther along than the protagonist in this song, so he's he's still, but he's remembering that you know now you don't know we had it all when you're having it all. It's only afterwards when you're no longer having it do you realize that you had it all. So he's just you know he know. He, like I say, there were some great lines in there. There's, there's a, there's a sentiment that, yeah, it could be, 
it could get too sappy, but I think Waylon Jennings is able to keep it to keep it in a in a in something somewhere positive. I mean, as far as not going too overboard on the emotion. Sure. Just like Bogey and Bacall. <laughs> All right. Um this was my five. All right. There. So this is where I say, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? I feel pretty solid. Look, we got into it. I think we got it. Um, So our scores were all over the place. So this is where we put together our top five. Oh, man. I fucked the system. Any guesses on number one? Uh, Honky Tonk Heroes is the only thing I can think of. Honky Tonk Heroes was the only one that we really agreed on. So that was an average score of eight. So that was was top score. Uh, Low Down Freedom, average score of seven. That gets our number two. Number three is Black Rose, even though Rob tried really hard to tank that one for us. Uh, Fourth is We Had It All. And then last but not least, because of Rob's... 10 you asked me to that rounds out our top five <laughs> we had so so let me just tell you this so the, so we had three songs that barely missed the top five with an average score of 5.33 so willie omaha and ain't no god in mexico all were at 5.33 so we were all over the place with our scores. <laughs> I blame myself here. I, I do. It's my own, my own issues are, are affecting this. Well, <laughs> now, now you understand the email. I do. I really do. I was like building a fire, getting ready to cook. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's how I feel. <laughs> all right. Well, Rob, this has been fun. Oh, oh yeah. I've never done anything like this before. Thanks guys. I enjoyed it. Yep. Absolutely. So last question. Uh-huh. We, uh, we, we ask all of our guests. So who do you know that I don't know that should come on this podcast to talk about one of their favorite records? And the reason mm. why we ask you this is we've got to continue this referral train that right. has been going on for, we're going on what, two years on this referral trail, Wayne. So this started way back with Jesse Humphrey the, oh, drummer, wow. the drummer from Carbon Leaf. So this this oh, wow. referral trail is now on, I think you're probably the 14th person or something oh, on wow. this referral trail. Yeah, so we got to keep it going. So, cool. um, You know, it's funny, man. This guy's super young, but he's getting ready to put a record out, and he lives down here in Austin, and I'm a big fan of him just as a person and as an artist. Um, and we were listening to... Some Isaac Hayes record, Hot Butter Toast, what's it called? Hot, uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. He's a great guy. His name's Parker Chapin, and I could set you guys up with him. He's fun to listen to. He knows a lot of random things about music, and I think he would be a good guy to talk to. Let's do it. We'll, we'll chat Ooh. offline. Very yeah. good. All right. Uh, so where can people find all the happenings of Rob Baird? Man, in all honesty, the two places I would look, because I'm definitely not on engaging in Twitter wars, uh, Instagram pretty much keeps keeps you going, Rob Baird Music, and then uh, Bands in Town. If I'm coming to your town and you have that app, I feel like that's a pretty effective way to follow me, and then if I come to town, there you go. Okay. 
And you have a website as well? Oh yeah, robbearmusic.com. Um yeah, it's just a website. Kind of gives you everything you need to know. Yeah. It's got a shop in there if you want to buy some stuff. We'll 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 ship it to you. Yeah, there you go. We got we 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 need to uh we need to give you some love there. All right. Yeah. Um as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Of course, we're on the socials. Um, I'm on Twitter at Podcast Records and the Facebook page for the podcast. Wayne is on the Instagram page. Where are they? Where are you on Instagram? Robert Records Podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just talking about myself over here. <laughs> no, we lo- we lo- we like it. All right. So it was yeah. Rob Baird Music on on Instagram, Wayne. Records Revisited Podcast. All right. So that's both both pretty self-explanatory. And, of course, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, I would tell you it's it's been a while since somebody is, has uh, rated or reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. So uh, please go do that for us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. So if your favorites are doing a live stream event, um, please go support them. In fact, I, uh, I just watched the Carbon Leafs live stream on Sunday. That was $20 well spent. All right. Please go buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record. I would tell you to visit a record store. Um, do it smart. Wear a mask. Be safe. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. 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 <laughs> <laughs>